Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I had gotten so sick of New Year's resolutions over the years. I said they're stupid. It's foolish to even try. <laughs> well, I had grown into that attitude because of my many, many attempts to actually achieve those resolutions I would make in January. <laughs> years ago, when I was a member of a local gym, the owner told me that this time of year, around the new year, was his biggest as far as income. So many people would make the resolution to get fit, to lose weight, and they'd sign these annual contracts with him. And they'd show up in January. The place would be packed with people. It was too crowded for my taste. But by mid-February, the classes were back down to the usual number of people because most of the folks who signed up at the start of the year had already lost interest. My friend didn't care. He had them all locked into annual contracts, so his income was secure. <laughs> There's no power in the changing of the year. It's just another click on the dial, another turn of the wheel. But whether it's New Year's Eve or any other day, it's always the perfect time to resolve to be the person I want to be. For me, making a list of resolutions at the start of the new year was as ineffective as the dozens of affirmations I would write down on index cards and tape all over my house, and as useless as the little prayers I would recite in church, or even certain imaginal scenes I would do over and over again. Vain repetition won't work. My state of consciousness must change. I must be aware of being something else. Remember, these are only states. You aren't who you've been this past year or years or decades. And you won't really be the wonderful new state you've constructed for yourself. These are states, states that our true self moves through. Ah, my true self. That's what it came down to for me, why I had so much trouble actually making changes. I continued to identify myself as little Mike, trudging through my present circumstances, weighted down with my past. Ugh, how can I ever change my life? It's a misidentification. In Neville Goddard's lecture, The Law of Assumption, he says it beautifully. God became as we are, that we may be as he is. And that God is your own wonderful human imagination. When you say, I am, that's God. There is no other God. Our every breath is the breath of God. But he does not in any way interfere with this level of awareness and compel us to be good compel us to be kind. Exercise the talent, no matter what mistakes we make, what horrors we make in this world. And we have done it and are still doing it in this world. Who suffers? Only God suffers. But you say, I am suffering. That's his name. Forever and forever, he has no other name. It's not Jehovah. It's not the Lord. It's not Jesus. It is simply I am. That's the Father. That is the Father, the one Father in all, through all, and above all. 
It's imagination or awareness. So as I imagined changing my life would be difficult, God was imagining that. The Bible tells us the same thing. It says that God's name is I am. As I imagined my circumstances were too difficult to overcome, God was imagining that. The Bible tells us there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Well, Jesus isn't that person hanging around your neck or on the wall. It's you. It's I am. If God is love, you are love. And if you are love, then how can you condemn yourself or any other? Because regardless of the state you're in or they're in, it's the same God, the same I am. And then that same I amness says it kills and gives life. It wounds and heals. It creates poverty and wealth. It brings the light and the darkness. I, my I amness, does all these things. I can dwell in and express every one of the infinite states, but knowing who I am and knowing who you are, I can't help but love. If I hurt another, I'm hurting myself. As I judge another, I'm judging myself. As I love another, I'm loving myself. As I forgive another, I'm forgiving myself. Hmm. When I continue to look at my present circumstances mixed with the memories of my past and think, well, how can I really change? Well, that's God thinking that. That's God assuming that change is impossible. That is God refusing to forgive. A few episodes ago, I shared with you a little experience, part of an experience I had where I met this being of love and power. And so one thing that helped me get over this incessant doubt, you know, how can this happen? How can I change? How is this possible? I started thinking of it as if I'm back with that being, looking at him and telling him, I don't trust you. I don't think you can do it. (laughs) Well, knowing what I felt and what I experienced that day, that's crazy. I can't say that I don't trust you to that being. It's not a separate being. It's me. It's you. The Old Testament refers to God, or I am, in a number of ways. Our maker, our husband, our Lord, our potter. And we do, when we want to make changes in our life, we do what it says in Jeremiah. We go down to the potter's house and we reshape the vessel, the state. The potter, the Lord, is our imagination. Neville goes on to say, So I'm telling you tonight, if you really believe it, You can start now, this night, and change the world in which you live. Start with your own environment. What would it be like if it were true that I am now the man that I would like to be or the woman I would like to be? The word potter simply means to mold into a form. The first definition is imagination. It means to resolve. It means to determine. 
So you're going to determine a certain state in your world, a resolution now. I resolve to be, and then you name it, not based on the evidence of your senses or what reason dictates, a wish on your part. Resolution is simply a firm decision, a declaration. This is who I am. It's boldness, <laughs> a boldness to accept that the God within me already knows what I desire. And since that God within me knows already, then I already have it. In 1 John 5, 15, it says, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. That pronoun he that's used in that verse is I am, imagination. You already know what you want. And knowing that you already know, the true self or the dimensionally greater self already knows. And so you already have it. That word ask, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean to make a request. It certainly doesn't mean to plead or beg. It also means to demand. Well, that's different. That hits different when you reread that verse. If we know that he hears us in whatever we demand, we know that we have what we've demanded. Hmm. Claim it. Declare it. Now that's boldness. <laughs> There's no special meditation needed or body positions or breath work. None of this is needed. It can be fun. Nothing is needed except my acceptance of the new state, my yielding to it, yielding to the new feeling. Well, if it's something that I want, that I really want, of course, <laughs> wouldn't I want to yield to that feeling every day? Wake up looking forward to it, feeling that wonderful feeling, going to sleep in that feeling, and not the feeling of, one day I'll get it. The feeling of already having it, already being it. The feeling of the wish fulfilled. It's living in the end. In Neville's book, Prayer, the Art of Believing, he says, the feeling that a state would cause, if felt and sustained, will objectify the state that would have produced the feeling. It's a reversal of cause and effect. We go through our lives thinking, these things happen and so I am I'm happy or I am prosperous because of this thing. I have a loving relationship because of this person in my life. But the reverse is true. I have this wonderful, loving person in my life because I was already in the state of love. I am prosperous because I was first prosperous within. And then the stuff in the physical world showed up, played out perfectly. And it's so easy to look at the effect and think, well, that's what caused it and explain it away. Oh, this would have happened anyway, right? Come on, I know that's happened to you. It's happened to me. I was looking for secondary cause. And it's a natural thing for us to start looking at normal, natural, physical ways <laughs> as the cause of things. It's the feeling, the state. If we find the feeling of our wish fulfilled, the feeling that money or a relationship would give us, dwell in that feeling, 
then the state that would have produced that feeling will be objectified. You're just reversing cause and effect. From the lecture, The Law, Neville says, you can be anything in this world, but you cannot know it or expect it to come unless you act. If you react based on the past, you continue in the same pattern. When I assume the feeling of a wish fulfilled, a new state, it's a new pattern. I can very quickly notice if I've actually shifted into and I'm seeing the world from this new state by paying attention to the pattern from which I am reacting. I notice my reactions. Am I reacting from the old state, the old pattern? I've mentioned this lecture, The Coin of Heaven, before. It's also called Mental Tracks in Margaret Ruth Broom's book. We're standing in this infinite and eternal energy, and we're forming patterns based on what we're imagining. And this pattern, this state, takes physical form in the three dimensions as we pass through it, as we dwell in that feeling, in that pattern. So I notice the pattern from which I'm reacting. That'll tell me the state I'm in. If my reactions haven't changed, if I'm thinking, well, I imagined it, why hasn't it changed? <laughs> Mike Neville's wrong. It doesn't work. Well, then I haven't truly shifted. Because this new pattern, this new state, it has a different way of seeing the world and a different way of reacting. For a while, I didn't want to admit it. I didn't like it, having to be honest with myself that I hadn't really shifted into a new state. But my avoidance of being honest with myself was proof enough I hadn't shifted and still misidentified myself as my state, as only little Mike from Louisiana. <laughs> I think we make it too difficult. I know I did. <laughs> and I've talked to people, uh, many people, and we do make it difficult because it does seem too easy. It's too simple. <laughs> you mean I can imagine my wish fulfilled and feel that feeling of already having and being it and trust that, trust that new feeling, that new state to bring everything about perfectly? Really? It's that simple. <laughs> well, what do you want your 2022 to look like, to feel like? Go to the end right now, to the wish fulfilled. Go to the end of this year, the end of 2022 or whatever year you're listening to this podcast in. Go to New Year's Eve where you want to be, in space, in finances, in relationships, whatever it is you want, whatever your wish is, go to the end of it. How would you experience New Year's Eve at the end of this current year as this new person or having this thing that you wanted, that's capturing the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Look back from this next New Year's Eve in your imagination. Look back at the year that's already passed. Don't worry about how it came about. Just celebrate yourself. You're all loving, all powerful self as you ring in the new year in imagination. I love you. I'm feeling twisty. 